Welcome to BizBody, where your body is your business. I'm your host, Keith Shimon. Today, Brandon and I are sharing a conversation we had at the beginning of the Major League Baseball season with Lee Fiocchi. He is the strength and conditioning coach of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and the CEO of Dynamic Sports Training. Lee shares the twists and turns of the private sector and what it is like to run a business with several locations while simultaneously preparing for an MLB season during COVID-19. We share our history that we have with Lee and Lee talks about growth, vision, for the future of what he loves to do and share with others. So enjoy this conversation with head strength coach and CEO, Lee Fiocchi. It's been, uh, it's been a, a wild ride. You know, you and I met shit, man. It's been how many years now? That was like, Oh, six, 16 ish, 15 years ago now. Yep. Has it really been that long? Dang. Uh, you know, right out of, right out of school, like, uh, getting our feet wet and now, you know, you're, uh, running a business string coach for the Anaheim angels. We're up here in Milwaukee. Um, not that I ever thought I'd ever be in Milwaukee, uh, especially after here. especially after some of the conversations you and I've had about weather and all that fun stuff. <laughs> but uh, it's great being able to to reconnect and just uh, do this because I think you'll bring uh, a lot of knowledge and a lot of truth bombs to the to the podcast. And I think uh, you know, getting a chance to get your perspective on you know going from the private sector back into you know or business owner going back into being more of an employee but at a top level employee and then also stay keeping one one toe or maybe a whole leg in the the private sector at the same time running your business while you're working for somebody else i mean that's a that's a pretty crazy schedule and you know you're leaving out the most important part the fact that like I would never have met Brandon if it hadn't been for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. That, that's, that's a story we'll save for a little bit later in the show, I think. because Two that, degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Life takes its turns, my friend. I think I, I laugh most about this scenario of just being in the, in the South and, and having the weather and, and I can't, I always reflect to Brandon and how he was just um, mother effing the weather. And like, I helped him move into his place. And it was just like, it was like hell on earth, you know? And it was, <laughs> you know? Still, still is getting better, though. getting better, getting better. You know, just like, you, you know, what's going to happen as soon as it snows or it's raining and it's cold. You're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's the way that is, you know, it's, I'm learning how to breathe through it. <laughs> so yeah it's you know definitely definitely taking a while but I'm, I'm learning how to i'm learning how to breathe my way through it those are gray hairs on our beards right <laughs> and we got to wear them you know because it keeps our face warm yeah so <laughs> so let's start off with uh 
let's just get right into it. And uh, what do you what do you feel like has been the the biggest transition um, going from what do you have four locations now, like four locations, five locations, including Arizona? Yeah, it, oppor- you know, there's always opportunity. So even for me, I got to like sit there and think about it. Uh, so- <laughs> There's we have three in the in the Houston greater Houston area, so one on the south side of Houston, one on the west side, which is the private high school that we had uh, originated out of and still are, and then the one in Northwest Houston, and uh, we've just this last year, less than a year now, uh, we've entered into a partnership with Arizona Christian University, and so that's our that's our fourth location. <laughs> I don't, okay. I don't think that we've made it public yet, but we're, we will, we'll be actually be in a fifth location outside of Houston in Texas that will, that will announce here relatively in the, in the near future. So, yeah, but <clears throat> you know, what you had said in terms of like, if I have a toe or a foot or a leg in there, uh, you know, bouncing between those two and then, um, you know, having, you know, I guess going back to that transition is that the the biggest transition from from the the pro side and the and the you know private side is that you know as the business owner, obviously you know there's a there's a big leadership responsibility there. And when I came to the Angels, it you know I still had responsibilities in my position, but it wasn't, you know, I, I was coming into a position where I needed to work well within the departments. And so that was, uh, that was something that I looked forward to because, you know, you, you remove yourself from that as you, whether you elevate in positions within a company or you, you start your own business. And so, uh, I was actually, those one of the things I was most excited about was, you know, getting back into that seat that I, uh, that had been some time that I've been removed from. So that was a, <clears throat> that was a, a, a bigger transition, but something I was looking forward to the uh, you know, it, it really, honestly, the transition just, it came down to like uh, crystal, like that, that was a transition <laughs> because, you know, as you know, as, as, as you evolve in your um, life in those stages, you, you know, if, if you have that opportunity, which, I'm even in reflection, you know, in our field, it's a young field, but there's, you know, it's, it's pretty common to be rolling solo, you know, like, so uh, I know in reflection right now that like having a supportive wife and making that transition was like the thing I was most concerned with. And so, you know, just in our faith making decisions, you know, so like it was exciting one is like, the way things went down and, and they, the opportunity arose, but it wasn't so much of like, yeah, that's the sure thing. That's just what you do. It was really about considering my partner. And so, um, that, that to me was the biggest transition because now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm confident in the, in the skill set I have to carry out my job. It was just, you know, uprooting my family and, you know, kind of traded in for a different schedule. And so, you know, that was really, you know, the, the biggest transition. And, uh, you know, fortunately for me, you know, Crystal really looked at it as an opportunity and it, it wasn't, um, 
you know, when things really lined up with uh, our other, you know, whether it was following back up with you, Brandon, and, and getting insight from people that are close to me that know me well. And, um, you know, those people that, that help uh, mentor me in, in my walk and in my faith that, you know, the, the anticipation of what was to come was really the, the most exciting thing about, you know, going back into a different role. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on there. Like Crystal's pretty much amazing because <laughs> uh, just being a a supporter and a wife to somebody who is working in that line of work, um, just speaking from experience being there, I don't think people understand like the demands of your time and how much you're gone and then how much of a role she has to take on you know, to run the house, to, you know, be with the kids, to make sure that they get everywhere they need to be. And, you know, when you get home that you guys can actually spend some quality time together because there just isn't a lot of time, you know, you get pulled in a bunch of different directions and this, oh, what's, what's a day even like, I mean, what before, like say before you took on, um, the duties of the Anaheim strength coach position, um, you're running your business your your, you have your practice you have what two or three locations at that time and then all of a sudden you make this decision to to be a strength coach like what's the shift even like at that point oh i mean first of all it was it was literally the scariest decision i made like it i had i had a ton of anxiety and it's it was really just the reflection of like wow you know like how much it actually took to build something up and then entrusting that you had the right people to carry it through. And because there's so many of those sacrifices that you make that sometimes, you know, it's no fault of anybody's, but when you employ people, sometimes you don't understand the gravity of, you know, what's being entrusted into you because, you know, the, the whole goal is for them not to have to go, do the same things that you had to do, the sacrifice, the same things. And so, you know, the, the, the anxiety for me was like, you know, it was going to collapse, you know? And, uh, and I knew I was, I knew I was in like my sweet spot, um, with the business and, and primarily not because I was, I was growing in a way that, that I hadn't, uh, really envision myself growing because like the, the training and like, you know, getting people better and like just that the growth that, that you can continually have of like being a coach like that, that's always captured me. It was the fact that like, uh, I wasn't that good of a leader and, uh, mm. working, working when you work, um, in your business, it's hard to work on your business. And so, now all of a sudden you're juggling, you know, that's where you talk, you start juggling more things and it's in it. And, you know, as much as you want to think things are under the rug, like pretty soon, like you're tripping over the rug, you know, it's like, you can't ignore what you can't facilitate. And that, and that for me, um, I basically knew that I was pretty much a mediocre leader. Like I, I know that we've been able to build some processes that were solid um, it's just, you know, how strong of a foundation was that, you know, in terms of, mm. of transitioning. And so that was, that was what was frightful because like I said, it, I knew that, um, 
I knew I'd be letting down a lot more people if um, we weren't going to be able to sustain that. And, um, and I, you know, just, it, it really came down to like, what was the bigger picture? And it was, you know, if you're going to, if people are going to evolve and grow, like they got to be challenged, like you got to, you got to kind of push yourself out, out of that comfort zone. And, you know, that's, that's basically what happened. I mean, we're sitting here and, and retrospectively, it's like one of the best things ever happened because it put people in positions where they stepped up. And <laughs> the humbling part of it is that they outperform me. So like I'm gone, they outperform me. And, you know, I wish you not wish, but you, you, you think that like, Oh, well maybe you're able, able to add some other element that you weren't able to add before. But like the bottom line is like, you know, they were able to serve people more efficiently, more effectively. They improved some processes. They, um, you know, and when you do those things and, and your athletes get better results, you know, you run a business. So like the, the actual revenue standpoint, like we were growing. So, um, that was, uh, you know, that was kind of a, a early, um, answer to some prayers of like, you know, is, is, how is this thing going to work out? And, um, you know, they, they out, like I said, they outperformed. And so like, it's that law of the lid. So evidently I was the lid. They took, <laughs> I was well, your team, your, your team must've been pretty, pretty on point. Like what, what were, what were the team, like the business team versus the coaches team? And like, was that integrated together or was that completely separate with like marketing sales management, like all that, did that just did that just materialize or like what, what was your thought process around that to, to hit it out of the park? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd go as far as saying hitting it out of the park, but, uh, <laughs> and, it, and it, it's never been a plan. Uh, so that's, that's why it's been, um, it's been so humbling too, is because as we've worked through things that the, the, the people that have, you know, come alongside of me and, and really um, either anchored me or assisted me in ways that, that I, I just didn't have those capabilities. The team kind of got built up like that. So whether it was like just some of the, some of the changes that we went through with um, um, like initially, like, uh, you know, I've had two guys that, that were with me on the front end that aren't with me now, but like, just through the stages of life, like they had to go on and, you know, they got married, you know, it pulled them out of the state of Texas. And, and, uh, in, in every situation, it was like, we, we got better because it was someone that was more capable of like uh, complimenting me, you know? So like there was just probably too much likeness. And so like, as you talked about marketing or sales and those uh, business operations like that's not a strong suit of mine and so in our additions uh, by subtraction those were the stronger suits of those additions and so the the I guess the growth and the the change and the you know improvements that we've we've made have have really just been based on like um, just overcoming you know and just kind of continuing to to pursue you know, what our, our vision is. And so those are the things that have been kind of, kind of clear, um, for a longer period of time is like, you know, what, you know, what is our purpose? And I think that that's, uh, ultimately, you know, how you end up surrounding yourself with people that are, you know, like-minded, 
Um, not, not saying that, that you have robots, but like you're, you're seeing like they can, you can take the same, you can take the same uh, problem, but you have multiple perspectives and you find the solution that's going to be most effective for, for everybody. So not looking at it from a hierarchy. And so like, that's, that's basically, you know, a big difference of, you know, being working for a large organization is you plug into a hierarchy, right. And it's figuring out um, how to lead from behind. And um, so that, that, that was exciting to me. Um, but it was also a, a commitment that was um, the vision, you know, from the professional side um, from Billy Epler, who's our, our GM, he, his vision was, was something that I knew that like, if, if I'm going to help someone accomplish doing what, you know, he feels is uh, the most important to, to serve our athletes, then, you know, I felt good about knowing I was going to go in and be supported. And I think that was, you know, a huge part of me going from like, yeah, I definitely want an opportunity to see what's on the inside, but I'm not necessarily going to jump ship because I, I know through my own failures of leading, like I want to be led by someone that can, can sharpen me, you know? And, and I felt like that was the scenario and that's what really got me kind of competitive about it. Like literally when he shared his vision and I said, in my mind, I, I flipped a switch from saying like, instead of feeling this out, like I want to be a part of what he's building there. So, mm. um, it's kind of a little bit long winded on, in terms of like, you know, it's awesome. No, I think, uh, you know, it, it's good. It's good to hear because, you know, it, it, it's gotta be hard, you know, making sure that you're on for your day job, but I'm sure that like the company and, um, the locations and stuff still, you know, lean on you for guidance. So what, what type of role are you really, are you playing right now, um, in, in the company, um, knowing that, you know, you have, you're, you're splitting time. So what, what are the things that you're doing on a daily basis or just touching base with your team to make sure that everybody stays on the same page? Yeah. I mean, I, I that's a like it's a good you know, question and it's one that you'd like to just you know roll out and say like you know this is xyz to to me it really kind of it's a reflection of saying like hey i i wasn't a, a great leader uh to start this thing and i i i evolved and i've improved in in that area and then stepping away it allowed other people to to be able to have um uh, input that, um, maybe necessarily, maybe wasn't heard, you know, or maybe the, the, the type of communication lines that we had weren't effective. And, you know, the, the biggest thing for me is that when I, when I came, um, the first year with the, the angels, like you, you don't, baseball is different. So like I, you go into spring training and so I'm going basically into a spring training with, a group of not just 25 guys that are going to make the team, but about um, an additional 35 guys that are in spring training. So they're either going to facilitate at a triple a level, or they're literally trying to make the team, which there's only usually maybe two spot, two, three spots that are like really available. And 
that transition for me was just my in my head you know like I didn't have anybody that was you know telling you know preparing me to what to expect um and so like it was just basically go in there and observe and learn but lead <laughs> and uh mm. it it was it was challenge it was all it was great like um it was awesome it was amazing i don't know what i could have really done to like prepare for it um mm. but in that in that process um you, you kind of get, you get overwhelmed a little bit and I'm, and at just mostly uh headspace wise, um, because you, you, you were in the service business. And so like, you know, the, the ability to uh, have clear headspace is, is a lot more difficult and challenging. And so uh, just working through that, um, I think I, you know, I did my job. Um, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I wanted to go in and have some patience and like I said, observe and, and do my job but it was uh that 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 year was hard because uh, my family wasn't with me in spring training and so like i was really supposed to do more for like my business side of things and and also with uh, the organization just so there could be a better transition and i i really didn't i wasn't effective at all like i the communication wasn't there and um then we you know you go into the season and it was just like a whole nother set of, you know, experiences that I hadn't had before. And, uh, same thing, whether, you know, your team gets, uh, you know, gets down to the, the 25, but, um, you know, just being uh, same thing kind of away from my family. And, and in retrospect, I didn't realize like, um, I want to, you definitely classify it as like a type of depression, but it, like, I've never considered myself depressed, but like, like, getting up and really doing the work that I needed to do. Like, um, I just didn't, I just wasn't uh, executing and, um, I did everything else, but like, basically I wasn't there for my DST team. And, and I think in that ab absence that those guys really, you know, learned to, to piece it together themselves. And it's only been, Honestly, it's only really been over the like the last year, maybe a little bit more than a year that I've kind of learned um, how to um, anticipate, you know, instead of being react reaction orientated and the processes was just, you know, anticipating. And, and so, you know, it was as simple as like, hey, these you, expectations. And so the, the biggest cause of disappointment is unmet expectations. And so it was trying to be real with like how much time I had and then say like, Hey, this is where I'm committing or devoting that time. And so that helped my wife that helped the, the, the team at DST. And then we, then we, you know, started to evolve some of the processes that allowed us to, to not just communicate because everybody communicates, few people connect. And so um, the, the way that you are organizing your, your, your meetings, you know, need to be impactful and um, so I, th I think that we've gone about that in a more effective way. And honestly, like Zoom's, I think a Zoom is a very effective way because you need to ask questions. Just like I'm talking like this whole time, the, the effectiveness <laughs> of connecting is like for there to be that dialogue. And so we can go into breakout rooms, we can ask some questions and we can start to uh, um, ask hard questions that uh, allow us to problem solve. And so, I feel like where we've been able to go 
you know, like I said, in the last year, we've just been, we've been more efficient. We've been more effective. Um, there has been clear communication and, um, that's where I feel like now I'm kind of hitting the groove of being a more effective uh, leader in both capacities. But to be honest, the, the difference is these guys, DST, it, it functions without me. Um, it's not like I'm, I'm informed. So like there's the RIC, who's responsible, who's informed, who's consulted. I, I am primarily informed. And in, in, in certain areas, they'll consult me. So like, obviously, this next, this next location, they're, they're consulting me. <laughs> I'd hope so. You know, I'm not but, um, socially active. So it's not like I'm going to get a, a thing from my wife. You know, she's like, hey, did you know you guys were in? <laughs> I do now. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> What is your what is your meeting structure like? How do you guys go about your meetings now that that you notice that much of a difference? Like, how do you set it up? In like, do you guys do like a weekly thing? Do you guys do like a monthly thing? Like, what does that structure look like right now that you that you like so much? Yeah. So I think fundamentally, uh, one of the things that we had that was right was meeting. You know, um, I know a common complaint is like, you know, if you're just meeting to meet, you know, and uh, I think fundamentally our first one is like, we, we start out with encouragement, you know, and, and uh, even in the professional development I've had in my marriage and the enrichment there is that there's, there's just a strong factor in being able to have gratitude for where you're at. And it's almost like a recentering. And so we, as coaches, we often, uh, operate independently and on an island like we can work in the same office in the same building but when you're training clients like it that's a relationship that is primarily between you and the client or the group and um, naturally you, you can share that space and have good relationships uh, working you know with other people within the, the that building but um, there's an intimacy that you have in those relationships. So when we are, are basically operating on these little islands within, you know, having, you know, five or six employees at one location, you know, we, sometimes we don't know the successes, you know, and some, and even in the successes is a, a, an opportunity to reflect on like, Hey, what was, cha what was challenging that was, you know, that you had last week that now we have new perspective. And so that encouragement of one is like just the successes, but also to the challenges and having overcome them. When you start sharing those, it, it just gives you, it just gives you like a, a real dose of like impact because we're so in the business of serving others that we, we honestly sometimes don't step back enough and say like, yeah, you know what we're, because we're trying to always improve. Like, man, that feels good to, to have made that, that difference. So that's, that's, you know, to me, one of the early foundations of just committing because everybody's busy. Um, it costs money. Like we're, we're giving up money because we're not training at that time. And so like, you have to be able to know that it's going to be for the greater good of the company and for your own health too, because when you're able to hear, uh, from the staff about some of those things that are happening. It's, it might be the shot that you need. Like maybe you, maybe you've just been a little bit in a funk. And so it's something that picks you up. So 
that to me, that's core. That's fundamental. Um, the other elements that I think that have evolved is that, um, same thing is that, you know, we have a lot of resources at our, at our disposal right now, which I think is really, really cool. Um, but you know, there's, there's, um, there's many methods, but there's few principles. And so, um, for us, it's re, you know, making sure like, Hey, what is this method? What is this method? And how does this align with our principle? And that gives us a common place of like problem solving because it, if you get out there, it's just kind of like, you have a problem with the athlete, like they, you know, they're lacking some sort of, you know, they have some discomfort and hip internal rotation. Like instead of just really throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, foundationally, can you go back to your process and, and then, um, then either build upon that process or, uh, figure out like what's something else that can better facilitate us in advancing this athlete. And so, um, that's the like the second component and that's really something that that we've evolved over like more so lately um because the other elements of our our meeting um we're we're more of like projecting out instead of working amongst each other and so mm. now the the so if 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 I'm sitting at, with my client list, I'm looking at like, what are the problems right here that I'm not using the resources that are at my fingertip? And so now I'm speaking up on, you know, if I have someone that I've, I've just, hey, you know what, he's, he's been complaining, you know, this is the third time he's come in that we've had to modify his training. And, you know, it's, it's kind of up in his glute, he's had it before and he knows that it just takes some time. And so instead of us kind of like just, knowing you know trusting the athlete which is important to do we're also taking some initiative on like okay you know we don't necessarily have that resource so like let's call brandon you know like uh you know our first our first line is like you know let's 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 make sure we layer this in a way that we're not overcooking something and then if it is something that's more structural that we can get them to the right people that can continue to diagnose that person so um just using each other as resources like that. And that pretty much takes up your, your meeting, you know, like, you know, you're going to have some other things to kind of clear up, but our dialogue on how to help our athletes has been more so of like, you know, problem solving and uh, kind of just using us as our own resources. Um, you know, cause you can't, like I can read a book, but if, you know, four other people are reading four different books, we got five books, you know? And so like, you know, maybe some of the knowledge that I'm covering, maybe something that I've learned from somebody else is, you know, it's just an opportunity to, to try to meld those things together. Well, I mean, I think, you know, as a coach, like, you know, you work with, a, if you work with the same clientele quite a bit, you know, cause you're building, you build those relationships and you're working with, you know, like your guys, right. They're your guys. They come in, you're, you see them every day or you see them, you know, multiple times during the week. And it's real easy to get caught up in, Oh, I've seen this before, you know, like, oh, I, I can, you know, I can work through this with this guy or I can work through that. And it's really like a valuable resource to be able to have a team that you respect, right. That, you know, has knowledge, has, you know, maybe a slightly different take on something. Right you're all very knowledgeable people. You get into a, a space that's safe that you guys can literally talk about this one client and the betterment of this one client. 
and guys can give their their honest feedback like hey have you tried this hey have you looked at this hey you know like things that you you maybe know in the back of your head but you just don't think about at the time because you kind of get in that pattern where it's like oh yeah I got this I can do this like this person I know what this is but it doesn't clear up or you're you're getting stuck with that client you know that for whatever reason you can't get through something and to have that resource to have you know five six seven other professionals in a safe place that can say hey you know maybe look at it this way you know maybe look at it this way and it gives you a new perspective you know not only as a coach but then it makes you feel good that you know you got a, a, a group of guys or a group of people around that are supportive and they're there to to help you you know ultimately make your clients better right and I think having that safe area to do that and voice your opinion without somebody sitting over the top of you being like, no, 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 that's not how you do that. You know, like we're going to stick with this type of thing. I think that's a great, a great thing. I know it's helped Keith and I a lot uh, and in circumstances that we run into with, with clients. Yeah. You, so even here's an example of like me instruction because it just today kind of came full circle, but uh, a, a fundamental, um, principle of ours is stress and it's like that's a that's a big umbrella right and so we unpack stress from more of like the physiological and then into the psychological and we had um actually one of my former interns come in and speak she's a sports psych and she talked about it from the psych you know, the sports psych side so one is we we're unpacking our principles with our coaches. So then that way they can develop a level of expertise. And then two, we're, we're bringing in an outside resource to help, you know, just um, with that creativity, like where we might be getting stuck. Now you get a professional. So we're not, we're not going to say that we're sports psychologists, right? Like there's, there's a, uh, there's a ability that we need to improve upon. So when, they need that help. We can, we can be able to give them that resource, but there are things that we can do within our coaching that can be more effective in terms of our strategies. And so when you have a situation, right, you can oftentimes as a coach, see like the, the athlete's reaction to it. But what you don't know is the narrative or story that they're telling themselves. And so that's going to be, you don't know their thoughts. You don't know their perceptions. But you can tell by that physiological response, there's something, there's something going on. And so, you know, instead of reflecting our own thoughts and opinions on that, like learning how to ask the right questions to where like, you know, you talk about having psychological safety, like, you know, that, that, that scenario is the same within our, our coaches as it is within our clients. And so, that's what we're looking at cultivating. And so in this process from the coaching side, because the, the physiological side is like bottom line is like, we, we, we're not seeing the actual structural changes that are happening within the client. Now we have performance measures, right? Bigger, stronger, faster, but we actually don't see the tissue adaptations. And it's the thing that I'm most excited about because I, that's, where our profession is going to go, where you can apply a specific stress and you'll actually be able to see the tissues response. So that that's where we're going to end up going. So instead of this pitch count scenario, right? hundred pitches for everybody. 
which doesn't make sense. Everybody's can throw hundred pitches. You'll actually see the physiological changes that occur at the ligament. We'll end up having the, the place where we can look at their ligament on the mound, you know, under ultrasound and be able to see the, the, the quality of that tissue and the response to the, the, the application of stress. So there's that element of it, but you know, the, the second element is like the, the psychological element. So, you know, she was able to, to, you know, create, um, the breakout groups and for us to be able to kind of, you know, go back to the questions that we felt would help us the most at like, you know, understanding their nutrition, understanding their sleep, understanding their physical preparedness and questions that aren't just like, Hey, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm good. Well, as opposed to, you know, what's going to keep you from uh, giving a hundred percent today, you know, and like now it's kind of like, now they're going to say like, well, you know, I'm, I can't quite, you know, you know, you're, we're going to be doing, you know, uh, flying tens today. Now that conversation of like before the even training even starts, because guess what? They're competitive. We warmed up, the guys are going, someone hits their first flying sprint and it's like a 0.98 and they're like, I'm going to beat that, you know, and they're not prepared to beat it. And so having that, 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 that question, like, which I think it's easy to say, like the questionnaires are awesome. Like I experienced that back in like when I was an athlete back in 99, um, they're still here. They've kind of gained some more momentum, but what's actionable, right? So if, if it becomes a question now, if you have someone that's like, that enjoys that and answers those things, and like really is able to communicate on that, that's good, but that's a smaller percentage. Most people just fill that out. There might be something that, that, that might need to be, uh, um, brought to my attention and it doesn't and we're still then going out there and doing the same thing so the question for us is called a 60 second question and in that 60 second question I should really be learning about something that can help me make an adjustment and that's not too overwhelming for our coaches that's you know it's it's scripted in terms of like um because we can get into habits and routines. Like I can ask some pretty good questions, but all of a sudden Brandon shows up in my, in my session, which I love to have when you come visit me, coach these guys up. Hey, this might be my program, but make any, you know, coach them up, tell them to, you know, whatever it is, because in those interactions that Brandon has with my athletes, they'll tell them something <laughs> that I'm like, what? I did not know that. And so, um, have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when we when we go back to being able to circulate questions, and so this is what we've learned is like we need to be able to not just so be so redundant and not and just expect that you know the same question is going to give us everything that we need. So that yeah, it's just not being a robot, right? Yeah. It's like you, you can give them give them the questions, but it's about how it's delivered. It's about like how that athlete reacts to the question, whether or not you're confident enough to push a little bit, like what kind of relationship do you really have with that client? Um, are you comfortable like going down that rabbit hole potentially with that, with that athlete? Right. Um, all those things are obviously, you know, learned in manifestations of your abilities, your confidence, all those things. But, you know, like you said, the repetition makes that easier. Uh, the relationship makes that easier um, based on, you know, how close or not close you are to that athlete. Right. Um, I might be able to get a few things out of, out of a couple guys that maybe you don't 
because your relationship is different than my relationship to them. And maybe I'm just comfortable asking, you know, a certain question that maybe you're a little hesitant with because you have more information about them. Whereas I'm like, shit, I don't know this guy. Like I'll ask him this because I'd ask anybody this. Right. Um, And I might, I might get an honest answer where, you know, you might have to actually dig to get that answer from that guy or vice versa. Right. Um, I think that's one of the things where, you know, there's no right thing. It's just like getting more observant with, Hey, how did this guy react to the question? Number one, like, was he taken aback? Was he actually like excited to answer it? What was his body language like when I asked it? And then what was his body language like when he told me the answer? You know, if he's fidgeting around and like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, like, do I take that the same way as I take the guy that's super confident when he said, man, I'm good. I'm ready to go. You know, like all those little nuances that as you evolve, even as a coach, you start to, you know, become better at, you know, you start to really be a little more confident with, you know, how far do I want to push this so that I make sure that this guy is ready to do what I'm about to ask him to do. And I put him in a scenario to be successful, you know, and I've, you know, honestly being around you, I've, I've learned a lot of that stuff because you're really good at being able to communicate with guys, guys really, you know, connect with you on a, on a really close level. Like you can just tell, like being around the guys when I was out there earlier this year, like they genuinely like you as a person, which, you know, is a, is, is good to have, you know, they genuinely care, um, which is great. I mean, that's really what you want to, you want, you want to accomplish, like, as a coach. Right. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. The, the other component that we improved upon from this, you know, stress is we weren't, we weren't doing a good job. So you have this assessment and uh, I think we've done a good job of integrating Kevin, Kevin actually integrated a really good um, and what we call just re-education, you know, which would be, whatever uh, corrective exercise, I think the most common language, but in terms of integrating it and for people taking ownership of it, it's really uh, happened in our restoration process. So like it's a, it's a filler, right? Like most people understand them as fillers. It's in the workout, but like for them to actually um, have the impact of these filler exercises, but as being almost like a primary component of their training. And that's why we call it restoration. We're trying to restore some of these qualities that have either atrophied or been lost throughout the season or whatever. And um, it's honestly given them more because everybody likes to, to move weight. Like that's what it comes down to. Like they, they feel good about, um, bigger, stronger, faster for the most part. And so that's given them like a real sense of like, okay, like that, that's got some purposefulness. And so just the integration of that block has, has, has really improved the consistency um, throughout the training uh, behind those re-education exercises, because then they get, they kind of get reinvented. Then they kind of come in there as like a, a, a real filler or they come in there as a pre or a post. Um, no one's going to really completely reinvent the wheel on that. But like the way that he integrated on that, it, it, it gained a lot of traction. Like we've, we've had our most consistent um, uh, continuation of like those things that like aren't necessarily deemed as, as important from athletes. That's pretty, you know, they're healthy. So that, that was really good. And then, 
but the, the, the thing that we missed is that, you know, whether it's our component, like, so there's a mindset component to like our, our trigger focus. So there's the, the physical component, which we talk about as our foundation. We try to give that in real small chunks to the athlete. So they understand why they're doing what they're doing. And then there's the, the mindset component where um, oftentimes supersedes what they can do physically. And so um, that's been, I guess, more of a challenge to kind of integrate on a regular basis. And so as we went back through this, we really needed a follow-up from our assessment. So hmm. we were doing a follow-up nutrition, which was like 20 minutes. And um, that, that definitely served us well from a nutritional co- component. But we were, we were really missing like those other things that we know are important in terms of achieving mastery. Like that's our mission to align the mind, uh, mind and body to achieve mastery. So why are we not effective at, you know, including the mind? Right. And so um, I think that this is really uncovered for us an opportunity to now give them the ability to understand like what it is that um, we feel is important, but also they have the option. Like, so like our mindset is like, you know, what are the things that you're going to find that you would be most, um, most likely to continue to improve. Right. And so it kind of leads up like baseball, this was an unofficial poll of mine, but I like to ask questions is that, you know, asking them like what percentage of the game is, is uh, uh, mental and what percent is physical and very general. It could be taken a lot of different ways, but for the most part, they, they answered it in a way that was, well, it's mostly mental. Like you need your physical, but like it's mostly mental when it comes down to it at the highest level. And uh, I knew that was the answer I was going to get. It's like an 80, 20, but you'll, you'll take, I take the a different group of guys, but I asked that question in the off season, you know, what, what percentage of the game is mental and physical? And it's the same one. And then I asked the question is like, so in terms of your off season, how much do you, how much of, of, of the mental do you work on in the off season? And it's like at 90, 10 or like 95 <laughs> or 98, the physical. And so, you know, that opens up the window of saying, you know, it doesn't have to be the meditation and it doesn't have to be the visualization, but can you develop character in people? Because that's basically the, like, we're all, it's, we're an iceberg, right? What we show on the top of the water, the surface of the water, that's just 10% of it. But if you don't have character that it, you're just going to, you're going to get to warm wet to warm water and you're going to melt. So when things get hard, when things get tough, do they have the character that's everything below what you what you are showing everybody? And so that's to me, you know, the elements like it doesn't have to be, you know, are resilient or relentless. It could be talking more about being dedicated. So what's that? Like that schedule that's, you know, committing to structure and and really kind of defining your day on like just being a, a being a pro actually being a professional about the way you go about your business and then it's it's uh, uh leadership and its integrity and so like between those five things um any athlete's going to say like yeah I'm, I'm interested in being a better leader i'm interested in you know how i can improve my integrity or you know how i can become more dedicated so like within those if if they want to be more resilient or relentless those are going to teach them some of the fundamentals of what I talked about with like meditation or breathing and some of the application of those things. So um, 
this basically where we're at now. Now we're going to actually go back into um, a follow-up of like, how do we devote some time this, to really clarify like how we want to help them with the mindset because they can, they all, they're, they're going to answer that question and agree. Now we actually give them the tools and we have a better, more consistent way to follow up with it. And so, um, you know, to me, that's awesome. Part of our- no, that's, that's, that's really awesome. It's like anything in life. It's like, right. It's, you can say you can have goals and you can say you want to do X, Y, or Z, but if your actions and your, in, in the things that you have, um, that you're doing aren't in alignment with those goals, then what are we, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? It's like, we can, we can, we can say we want to work on these things, but if you're showing me, you know, through your actions or through things that you're doing that that's not really the case, it's like, Hey, we need to sit down and talk about this. Well, there are a lot of people say that a game is 80% mental and 20% physical. And, and I think what's the most interesting part about that statement is that a majority of people have lived that are athletes have, have spent their time in their physical bodies and spent so little time with their thoughts, with their breath work, with their grits, with analyzing where their initial thoughts and responses came from in their relationship with their internal mind, like monologue or dialogue that as soon as, as soon as somebody regresses to figure out where that stuff came from, I feel like it's, it's optimally 50 50 when you hit the sweet spot to be in your zone, because you know yourself mentally, you know yourself physically. So you can dial in your sweet spot because Without your mind, there isn't a body that works. And without your body, the mind can't go anywhere. It's, it, there's reasons why, why it's called a neuromuscular system, yeah. right? So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how much that's changed over time and where I believe everything is headed. Yeah. So how's things going now that, uh, I mean, what's your, what's your schedule like right now? The fact that you guys are, um, you know, still no baseball going on. I know you probably got, you know, some stuff going on, but you know, what does your day look like right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm training. I have eight of the guys that I'm training. So the state, the, the teams all have like a limited uh, capacity of like helping people that are living in the vicinity. So just facilitating groups of two um, from seven until, um, seven until one, but I'll spend another two hours of like preparation office work. So three o'clock, three to five, I kind of available for like meetings and stuff like that. But I'm, I try to get home between that period of time. So just get home, clean up and then really just be there for the family five o'clock on. So uh, Wednesday's a, Wednesday's a meeting day heavy meeting day. I, I typically work from the house on the Wednesday, but uh, which I'll continue to do. It's just the, the girls know I'm here. So it's kind of like dad's here, but he's like working or, you know, so right. it's, like, it's, uh, it's good and bad, but um, it is what it is. So I, I have a kind of a normal, like what I consider off season right now. So between the training and, and this and just, um, yeah, in anticipation of what's to come with um, 
the business they you know we texas started opening up they're not quite in the bars like they are in wisconsin but <laughs> right the opening so we have a 25 percent capacity opening so that started on monday um so just na- navigating that and then the new location um I'm supposed to sign basically our agreement today. So get that thing going. So were you, were you able to renegotiate a little bit better terms? Like after all this stuff, <laughs> I mean, space, space right now has got to be one of those things where it's like, Oh man. Yeah. Um, well the, this is also, it's like, it's where every single model we, we have, moved into has been different so this is a different model um we we're not going to be taken on so like based on our revenue they're going to get um they're going to get a percentage of it the uh so they they've built they've they've taken on all the expenses so we're basically going in like risk-free from that perspective we we basically you know because we've been able to build up our brand we're basically have the name, like the naming is ours. So like that's part of our agreement in there is that it's basically, it's a DST facility. Okay. Now is it, uh, is it, is it, um, uh, baseball oriented too? um, in the sense that there's, um, yeah. cages and mounds and all that stuff. And yeah. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, I think that they got a unique setup and I could be wrong because, you know, I'm not on social, but um, the, the baseball coach that we work with at Houston Christian, he uh, runs a, a organization and the two guys that we're partnering in this are actually have two different, cl- you know, club organizations. So they're, they're, um, them wanting to partner with us was that they weren't going to bring either one of their like organizations into it. It was more or less where they were able to do their private side of it. Okay. So, um, so then that way, uh, that way they can, um, not be, you know, because it's same thing. It's like, Oh, you play for the, the angels organization. You play for the, the, the two, it's the anchor. I think it's angels and sliders, these two, whatever, these two organizations. So like that just, you know, automatically people put a label on it as being, uh, even though those guys are like big parts of those organizations, it removes them from having that um, label of being one or the other. And then for us, like, obviously we're, we've been able to build a brand that's known, um, you know, throughout the country, but definitely from like a Texas level. And so that probably bodes well from, you know, we're going to bring in pro athletes into their, the facility. So like, it's just going to bode well for them and their private, um, the way that they're trying to, uh, um, do their business development from a private side. So, um, yeah, it's in San Antonio. Okay. Did you, uh, did you bring in somebody to, to run that or is one of your guys that you're currently with getting kind of promoted into that position? Yeah. We have a guy that's getting promoted into the position. So okay. yeah, need to find a, a good compliment on a business operations guy for him. But, um, 
he's he's definitely a, a great fit for a lot of different reasons and kind of like me like i need someone business operations to to make sure the bills are getting paid so um he's 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 like in that but he's he's a bigger personality he's like he's very he's got a contagious personality to him so he's gonna i think he's gonna do really well and he's got um he's had some some leadership growth that kind of seen him um evolve and so i think it should be a good a good fit so That's cool. we wouldn't have, we actually we wouldn't have took the opportunity because as you know it's like we're trying to grow organically so you know that that part of like do we we have someone and is this going to challenge him enough to where he can grow and 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 do something with it we're we're not into like <laughs> having to put someone else in there a year from now, you know, like, yeah. So even though that could happen, I mean, uh, but we, we feel like there's, there's enough of that that we've seen that we think that he can, he's going to be successful there. So. So what are some of the things um, that you guys over this, you know, pandemic, this uh, stall in life, um, I guess, you know, what are some of the things that you guys have done over that time to one, um, make yourselves better, more recognizable, but two, like set yourself up in case this happens again. Yeah. Um, where, where we were talking about our meeting structure, that's, that's really been refined in this process. And so, you know, as things get amped up, it's a matter of kind of keeping that continuity, which honestly, I don't, I mean, it, it, it's not like a, you're always concerned if it's a big change and, and, you know, maybe people aren't telling you their concerns completely, you know, they have mm-hmm. reservations. So um, I feel like uh, in terms of a connection and, and really being able to build upon the foundations that, that we're, we've established that. And so, that's been good. Um, you, you, you try to get lean as possible in terms of like, you know, your decisions and you know, what the, the cost of those decisions are and and if that, you know, it needs to add up. Right. And, um, the, I mean, the component for me, and it's always, it's always really kind of been this way is like, I'm really kind of concerned mainly about my employees and, and their financial stability and so this this is a a time where um obviously there's going to be some adjustments being made because i don't i don't think our economy is just going to bounce back it's not gonna uh, we we're opening up at 25 percent capacity but like it may be only 50 that we get to you know um yeah and and that's just you know something that we're gonna have to adjust to but in the same breath is you know preparing ourselves to um handle handle the uh the uh the payroll on that so um you know I, I, as a business owner there's there's you know you'd go into business or you should to to make money or to be able to do the things that that um you know fit your needs right mm-hmm. um, and so i i'm a you know I'm going to basically take care of my family, but like, we're not, we don't need a whole lot. And so 
we're we're really trying to outperform our industry and be the the best in the industry so we just take those numbers and we try to be in the top 10% and the goal is to really be the top 1%, you know, and, and that's, uh, going through this there, everybody's been impacted, but like the goal for me would be like that there's a security in knowing that like we can absorb this for a, a six months, you know, three months, six months, a year. And, um, you know, going through this, we weren't ready to absorb those, um, the, the payroll for a, a long time, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot of people that were, you know, <laughs> and I think I think it it really, uh, you know, I can speak even from our like from our experience, we weren't ready for it. I mean, we're just lucky that uh, you know Keith and I don't pull every cent out of this company that comes in it. You know, um, we've done a pretty good job over the years of like you know like keeping a certain amount of money in reserve. Um, whether that be for, you know, buying new equipment or continuing education or, you know, different things that we know are going to pop up over the year that it's like, Hey, if, if we want to do this thing, we want to have the money. Like, I don't want to have to save up an extra three months, you know, to be able to do it if it's something that maybe is time sensitive. Right. So, you know, luckily for us, we were able to, you know, we had a cushion, um, I got a hold of all of our vendors, you know, landlord, all that stuff. Like, Hey, what are the, what are the things that I can defer, you know, um, right away so that I can lean out as much as possible. And, you know, like that first month and a half, I didn't take money out of this business. Like I didn't take a paycheck. Keith didn't take a paycheck. Um, but we spent that month, that first month, first five weeks, like really just trying to build, uh, things that, you know, in systems that, Hey, if this happens again, like we're prepared, you know, yeah. like, so you have that seamless transition from, Hey, you know, we make our money in person and how do we do that and give the same quality experience to a client remotely. And quite honestly, you know, I think that we've done an unbelievable job of making that transition, like maybe not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close. Um, and it's been better than I even thought um, because my expectations for it was like, there's just no way, you know, there's no way we can, can do this. Um, and how are people going to adjust, um, you know, from the in-person stuff to the online stuff and think that it's the same service, but it's not, you know, and I think we've had to, we've had to market it that way. And we've had to bracket it that way. Um, but, you know, like we've made a huge adjustment and, how we're going to move forward. But I think what it really has done more than anything is for me personally made me realize like, um, you know, how much time I actually spend in my business and, um, how little time I actually spend with my family. And so I think that, you know, for me coming up with, and I know Keith is kind of on the same page, like, uh, I don't want to go back to the way things were you know, um, two and a half months ago. Like, I don't want to have the same schedule I had two and a half months ago where, you know, I leave the house at six 30 in the morning, get home at seven o'clock and, you know, basically time enough to spend 20, 30 minutes with my daughter and then put her to bed, you know? So for us, you know, figuring out like, what does our new schedule look like, but will also allow us to make the same amount of money, if not more moving forward. 
and you know kind of having the having the the gumption and the the ability to you know suppress some of those fears of whether that's asking people people for longer commitments and more money or whether that's you know just saying hey you know this is what we're doing moving forward you know hopefully you're you're in with us right and this is what this looks like so i i wasn't sure if you know you guys had started working on stuff like that or put any anything into place that um uh, you know maybe takes a little off of your plate a little bit but also provides you know a quality service if you can't you know have those touch points one on one or you know in person yeah no it definitely solidified like process wise of like being in which we've functioned uh, we've we've had the functioning and of doing things uh offsite so it just improved it improved our offsite offsite ability so that was that was that was nice i mean the the same thing you know the the guys really putting in the time and effort and work into that and making that uh realizing that that was that was really cool um but the you know on the finance side i wouldn't say because we're still you know still in negotiating through all that process is that we still have to kind of come out on the other side so to speak um because you know 25 percent capacity but for sure like that's um like i said we've we we'd already taken a position of establishing ourselves as 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 leaders in our industry in terms of how we provide financial stability and upward mobility so that's still an emphasis but now it's like how do we um you know how do we how can we absorb blows of of this nature and um you know kind of keep that momentum going but that's that's probably the the biggest um positive is like just seeing the resiliency of like the team and like take you know taking on the the um taking on that accountability for saying like, okay, it's not coming in, revenue's not coming in this way, like, or, you know, how, how, um, you know, how dependent were we on for, um, you know, the training and and how can we think differently? So uh, the response was really good from the staff all the way around, but, you know, primarily from like that leadership perspective to the the directors and um, Kevin and, and Josh from, from, you know, part owners, they, they really did a, a heck of a job. So that's cool. Um, what would you say like over the past year or so has been the biggest, um, change you've made professionally or the biggest influence, you know, that you've experienced, um, over the last year that has really helped you, you know, whether that be in your day-to-day job, like as the head strength coach with the angels or whether that be, business business owner whether that be a, a father or husband what what's the what's the one thing that maybe over this last year you really focused on developing or had the the privilege of you know obtaining new knowledge to to you know maybe be a better husband father entrepreneur employee yeah I would say that the the thing that I knew I was going to have to be on the front end of of working with the angels in the capacity that I was it was it was patience, but in in that patience that the the amount of humility that I learned 
because just working with the the that le- that level okay so just the the level of athlete that you have to humble yourself and you have to be patient with those processes because they're all coming in at, in different places and they're all um being influenced in different ways so like whether that's the socioeconomic whether it's the the heritage whether um the the nationalities like what it's so many of these different variables that the small nuances require you to be more patient and so there was there was more patience that was involved in the process than i than i realized and then exercising that patience i've seen more uh, fruit from it and so that really just came that just really came on the relationship side of things and um, getting guys to actually do the things that they were you know resistant to you know and 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 honestly not really feeling like that was going to change you know like um and recognizing it was the humility so like when i say that 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 probably wasn't going to change it wasn't so much like i'm giving up but it was really about um giving up my perceptions and so you know to me the examples it's pretty obvious in training like you know running poles like the the it's all swung into like you know uh, knowing like the demand of baseball is is sprint orientated but the the you know whether it be a, a latin influence or from a veteran influence of knowing you know, there's guys that are ta- attached to that way of training. And when I started digging down and, and really looking more into it, the, even though, even though guys did, you know, they're going to do what they felt was best for them. And I want them to do that. I want them to have the confidence that they're prepared. And if that's part of it, then, Hey, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I've, we're still going to educate. We're still going to do the things on our end, but in that, the humility that, that I didn't have and, and something that I've, I've worked on and, and recognized is like, <clears throat> instead of just, you know, just, you know, beating it up, like, what are the positives? What am what am I overlooking? And in doing that investigation for myself and my own self studies, like, I, I feel like there's a pretty strong, you know, brain chemical reaction that happens when, when people are using their aerobic system, you know, and, and as you know, like, does it mean it's the right uh, means Are you know, uh, the common thing, one of my athletes had said this, and I just hadn't thought about it in this way, but like the, the body doesn't, the heart doesn't know if it's running, swimming on a bike or having sex. And Nope. The bottom line is that when we can get into some uh, training that helps promote that ability, that it can it can be impactful in a way that 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 actually helps what your uh, orig- your original intent is, which is either to develop more strength or force or power or you know whatever general physical quality that you're looking at improving. In a lot of ways, that that it can enhance it. So. 
um, instead of just looking at it as like, what are the, you know, the, the diminishing re returns on, on that investment, I started to, to focus on like, so what are, what are some of those things? And then now can I actually relate to them something that might make sense if I, you know, present it in a different way. And now they might be more likely to, to maybe um, do it in a different form. And so I've, you know, I just found, I just found that. And so like, I found that instead of just backing off and just letting them do what they do, like I figured out like how to really embrace them and their, the things that they value and try to learn as much about it. So then that way it doesn't seem like I'm always being critical, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time and you know, it, I definitely, you know, not too long ago, even several years ago, you know, like I've got my biases and I've got my, you know, thoughts on certain things. And, um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a lot more, um, open to things than I ever used to be. You know, I used to be like, Oh, you know, like you, like you, you run poles and you're a pitcher or moron. Like that's the dumbest shit ever, you know? Cause like you said, physiologically, it doesn't make a lot of sense, like based on, you know, what, what system you use the majority of the time as a baseball player. But like you said, you know, if you've got a guy that's really bought into that for whatever reason, you know, maybe it was because, you know, his, you know, literally coach had him doing that. And his literally coach was, you know, one of the biggest mentors in his life. And now you're, you're basically bashing his, you know, one of his, one of his mentors or a guy that maybe potentially was a father figure to him. And, you know, that's a personal thing. But, you know, like we said earlier, where, you know, this game played at the level that you're at and played at the level of athlete that you typically work with, you know, it's just as much mental, if not more mental than it is physical at that point. So what if running those poles mentally gives that guy a break or gives that guy an edge that if you take that away right off the bat, because you don't physiologically think it's the best for him that yeah. now you're screwing with his, with his head yeah. and he's beat, like he's already beat, you know, you're not put, you're not setting him up for success mentally or physically at that point. Right. Um, and that could be just enough for that guy not to be able to stick with the team or not be able to perform at his highest level, which, you know, could cost him money, a job, you know, all those different things. Um, so I, I totally, totally get where you're coming from because I've had to, I've had to soften, not even had to soften my stance. Like I've, I've learned that, you know, you need to be able to take other people's perspectives and ingest and understand where they're coming from, you know, before you make judgments like, Oh, you shouldn't do that. Or you shouldn't do this. Or, you know, this is the best way to do it because I said so. And all those, you know, fun things that we like to, you know, tell ourselves when we think we're extremely smart and educated. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, um, I appreciate you taking the time. Like what, uh, if people want to find you, um, obviously you're not on social media, so that makes it more difficult. But, um, if people want to find you, um, where do they go? Like DST, you know, what, yeah. what you, you guys got any social media? I know you got some social media over DST, even though you're probably not featured in it much. Yeah. We definitely dynamic sports training.com is 
obviously our, our website, but there's, I would say that that's where all of our like handles and stuff. I do, a, I do have a Twitter. I've been non-existent on it just due to the, the um, just responsibilities, just, you know, trying to figure out what's going to be the best for um, influencing my, my family and, and the people around me. And so um, I know um, the platforms are going to come back at some point in my career. I just don't know when, but yeah, the, what we, uh, how we operate um, through the business with our, all of our social stuff, it's all, it's all there, but dynamic sports training, I think is the best start um, to learning more about our other platforms. Okay. Um, well, Hey man, it was, it was good talking to you. It's always good talking to you. It's good. Good to see your face again. Um, hope everybody's safe and feeling, feel well. And, you know, definitely hope this shit ends sooner rather than later. So love to be able to catch up and catch some baseball and hopefully, you know, you're able to get your butt up here sometime this summer, man. It's tough to say what's what's going to happen. I mean, uh, the more I see, if 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 the baseball season is, if we have the baseball season, nope, because um, I'll have to be quarantined. So um, it's looking less likely. And then the other part is, if we don't have the baseball season, <laughs> I, I might be being one of the furloughed guys. So yeah, um, yeah. So we look, I look forward to catching back up with you, bud. I appreciate the, the time and opportunity to, to do this. Thank you for joining us. If you want more, head over to bizbody.net. There we have all of our other shows and a whole lot more. If you want to email us, email's right at the bottom of our homepage at bizbody.net. Next week, Tom Purvis. Check it out. See you later.